All right, Dan Talks listeners, you have been very patient, and I appreciate it. I am back with Dan Talks. It was several months of finishing my first year of grad school, having a summer where I saw a lot of family and friends, and now it's like the day after Labor Day. It's back to work, back to school, and I have my interview with Orion Risk, who's a fantastic playwright and now PhD student in the Interdisciplinary Theater Studies program here at UW-Madison that I am in. And I talked to Orion, like, in March, (laughs) maybe February, uh, of 2021. And back then, the vaccine was not widely available yet. We were looking at a world where people would all be vaccinated, quote-unquote, and we would be re-entering. And I was really interested in hearing Orion's perspective because Orion made a really great digital theater piece during the pandemic called Gender Talks, which we talk about. And it's funny because now I feel like a lot of the same themes are still with us, uh, given that there's still not a high enough vaccination rate. And we are still dealing with, um, you know, all the things that we were dealing with before. So... Uh, I'm excited to finally air Orion's (laughs) episode. We are now on Anchor. Uh, I'm not sponsored in any way uh, by them, but uh, they have made shifting my storage for the podcast a lot easier. And now we'll be back up and running every Tuesday. I also have a new website, DamienNote.com. But I hope you enjoy my conversation with Orion, and I hope you're doing well on whether it's first day of school, first day of work, back, End of summer, we got this. I love you guys. Mwah. The gender talks was a lot about how people who are in, like, gender non-conforming people mm-hmm. who have to perform gender in a certain way, or even people who don't, like, super love being boy or girl all the time, mm-hmm. no longer had to perform in public space as much. Or, like, there was a lot of time in private space for a lot of people. And how, even though, you know, thousands of people dying every day, et cetera, there was a certain comfort in not having to put on gender performance every day. Mm-hmm. Is that accurate so far? Uh, yeah, you're making me think so many things already. Like what? Um, one of my favorite things I go back to all the time for myself is that multiple things can be true at once, even when they seem contradictory. Mm-hmm. In your little summative statement, you already hit on one, right? Yes. Like there can be relief and peace in a moment and simultaneously there can be like incredible grief and loss mm-hmm. um, and so my personal experience at the very beginning of quarantine way back once upon a, a year ago now essentially like was this sense of relief like I didn't feel the same pressure to do my gender or be aware of other people doing my gender because I wasn't around people I was in my apartment with my partner and my cat like that's the story but at the same time I mean, this was early on enough, so we weren't at a death toll of half a million people in the United States. But I was aware of my sister's small business losing customers and like some things like that starting. So yeah, multiple things are true at once. Crap, good things. Right, crap and good things. And I feel like Gender Talks addressed that too, where it wasn't just about, so how are you relaxed now that you don't have to leave the house? Oh no, the question was like, so how are you? Uh Uh-huh. (laughs) <laughs> like how are you person on the internet 
who is an actual human experiencing gender and life in this moment. And I'll also tell you how I person on the internet am doing. And then let's just have that talk. Mm -hmm. And they're all people in Dane County and Blackhawk County in Iowa. Yeah, so Dane County is where we are, right? It's Madison, yes. where the university is. Blackhawk County is Iowa. That's the place I lived for about 10 years before I came here. Mm -hmm. um, so like, that's my people. My heart is there so much. And they have a Tyson meat processing plant. And all of the incredible rudeness and rudeness is not even the right word. Lack of care for human life during the pandemic that that has meant. Um, I can get so mad about that so fast, Dan. I'm not even kidding you. Mm -hmm. Well, um, it sounds like you are. Oh, thank you. Good. I, <laughs> I don't I know if you could get. <laughs> I'm trying to like actually experience and express emotion. This is a lifelong journey for me. <laughs> so I, well, the fact that you called it rudeness at first is pretty great. I, right. I feel like that's that's maximum level Orion frustration. Wow, that was rude. That's pretty intense take down for me. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so I focus on Dane County and um, Black Hawk County because those were my two places. And because like I was looking for what are the secret upsides to suddenly having to move our whole lives onto the internet. Mm -hmm. This is before like Zoom theater was even a thing that people were really talking about. I mean, now it's everywhere and everyone has a think pieces about how it's the best or the worst. But like, this is before people were doing that. Um, and I was like, okay, I have great friends in Iowa. I have great friends here. I can bring them together on the internet and they can get to know each other and talk vulnerably and honestly about stuff in a way that would be a lot harder to do if I had to do this event in person. Like maybe this actual possibility in the middle of mm -hmm. the bad things. And did you, what um, surprised you? What surprised me? Yeah. Um, my first thought was it was scary. Uh -huh. <laughs> um, yeah, I. What was scary about it? It feels vulnerable, even for myself to be asking other people to do anything. Like to say, hey, I'm putting together this event and I want you to be a part of it because I'm excited about it. There's something vulnerable in that, mm -hmm. like deeply. Um, and I was doing it, I was assembling the event in the middle of my recovery from major surgery. Mm -hmm. So I was also like wiped emotionally mm -hmm. and physically. Like my resources were down to the bottom of the barrel. And I was being like, hi, random human on the internet that I heard about from my friend, would you be in this conversation with me? <laughs> and then they'd say nothing, or they'd say, I dislike everything you are doing and here's why. And I'd be like, cool, letting that go and moving on. Did people say and, that? Did people be like, I don't agree with this project? Yeah, I got a little bit of pushback from and people. What, was, what colored the pushback? Uh, people just who weren't down. I'm, I'm not gonna go into depth with it uh -huh. because that's not a conversation I want to have. Yeah. partially because like I don't think it'd be good for me to open that box again yeah so I'm still working at thoroughly being okay with myself mm -hmm. um but yeah like the way the project was conceived or how it was taking up space or how it wasn't taking up space things about that and I was just like I'm doing this with my resources and with what I've got on board right and I'm going to be okay with it not being its best possible version I'm just going to accept it being what it can be because that's what I can do. Well, I know from watching it that it turned out pretty fantastically. Like the conversations were really vulnerable and honest and 
the acting was good and like because you could tell it was original conversations and you could tell that it was repurposed on these actors or like assumed by these not assumed that i guess that's acting acted out by these actors <laughs> um i like the word assumed yeah assumed they assume a character yeah because that's accurate the gutsy in it right yeah. and like i'm gonna dare to be someone else like yes. that's so assumptive yes it's like i'm gonna do it and i like that because it's like it's bold and it's destined to failure and also like really positive um i'm trying to figure out how to phrase this question but being bold enough to be someone else i feel like we're always becoming new versions of ourselves Constantly. but being trans is never about acting as somebody else it's about becoming your fullest self would you say that's that's accurate mm. i'm gonna have to sit with that question for a second because you're poking at so many things. Um, I'll speak from my personal experience. Mm -hmm. For me, the process of fully understanding who I am has, has at times looked like trying on other people, right? Like the, the root goal has always been figuring out who the F is Orion, like what actually makes me happy. <laughs> um, what experience of my gender really resonates and feels great. And like, part of that was being like, oh, my friend just got a binder. I wonder what the F that is. I'll get one and try it on. And like that aspect of like, kind of trying on other people was part of how I was able to get to myself. Um, and then I have friends who like experience their gender as like intentionally performing something for the world to get a reaction because that feels awesome. Mm -hmm. to like use gender as like I'm going to affect the world and change how you react to me intentionally and it's going to be amazing it makes me think of drag except just like doing it in daily life <laughs> like, mm -hmm. yeah which isn't so much my vibe I'm much more like if people can just not look at me I'll be better but <laughs> like yeah it's all complicated do you think that there's something about being midwest like um, or like midwestern in trans that's particular <laughs> i mean okay you're asking me to theorize about like an entire gigantic group of people yeah it's the same right <laughs> oh yeah every single person midwest who is trans experiences their midwestness and their transness in the same exact fashion yeah yeah heck no um but i mean again i'll, I'll dig into it for myself i okay what was your question? Just something about being Midwest and trans that what? Is there something particular about being Midwest and trans? I have no way to answer that. Like I can't separate my Midwestness from all of the ways my life and difficult things and awesome things have affected me. Like I, <laughs> again, I like to be not super visible. And I think stereotypically there could be something that aligns with Midwestness in that, like Midwest nice. Um, or in my particular upbringing case Protestant work ethic, which also ties with the Midwest. So like, I think there could be things, you know, if I were being a scholar analyzing myself, mm -hmm. I could, hmm, Orion's Midwest and trans, but I, it feels like crap to me. Like, I, yes. I don't know that. Yes. Yeah, and I don't really care. Cause I'm like, okay, how do I actually exist? Mm -hmm. And I, I wouldn't even know where to start separating and pulling those threads and be like, ah, yes, here's the Midwestness and here's the transness. I, I don't even know. Mm -hmm. So how would you describe your background? In terms of what? 
in terms of this is who I am. Hi, I'm Orion and I'm. <laughs> it depends, first of all, on how anxious I'm feeling in a given moment. Uh huh. But let's pretend I'm feeling really calm and confident. Okay. Who am I talking to? Uh, me on a podcast. <laughs> okay. So, hi. Hi, Dan. Uh, I'm Orion. I am originally from the Midwest. I've lived in seven different states. And I'm constantly and always looking for belonging and purpose, wondering why I bothered to get out of bed in the morning and where is the beautiful thing that can surprise me next. Um, in that, one of my major tools has always been theater. Ever since I was like that awkward 12 year old doing a really bad reenactment of the two towers at my community center, all the way to the Gender Talks project. Like, I've been trying to figure out how and why theater matters and if it's something that can actually bring people together or if it is a giant waste of time. I'm deeply suspicious that it's a giant waste of time, but I'm also deeply convinced that's not true. And so I have to keep asking questions um, and trying to figure that out. That's a really good answer. Um, Thank you. <laughs> can you speak about your, um, I think everybody has complicated relationships with things they love. You obviously have a complicated relationship with theater. Oh, 100%. That it's, it's maybe one or the other, that it's the thing that's going to save all of us or the thing that's not worth anyone's time. Which is so extreme. <laughs> do you find yourself, um, do you have a proclivity towards extremes like that? Mm. I'm a very intense person. Yeah. At this, like, again, at the same time as I want to be basically invisible. Um, Yes, I have a proclivity toward extremes. I'm not happy with middle answers with, with thinking that doesn't push as far as it could possibly go. So I imagine with gender talks, you thought at some points, this is God's work essentially, <laughs> or like this is a waste of time. Um, yeah, interesting question. I... I ask because so many people who have projects that they care about go through this I think you go this through but of course this is the best thing ever this is the, the worst thing ever yeah I'm so I, smart I'm so stupid this means everything this means nothing so in the actual doing of gender talks I was a little too completely wiped from that surgery recovery to be as fully into it as I might have been mm -hmm. like I didn't have the resources. that doesn't show by the way thank you um <laughs> the final product and, and the great thing about the final product was most of my work was bringing in other people uh -huh. and so and and setting up a space where they could talk and you know be on zoom with each other while people just listened in invisibly and talk about that and the theater company put together the play and did it that on zoom and i was in meetings and i was talking to people but like i could do it with my slightly wiped self. Mm -hmm. And I, I honestly think like that, maybe I have to ask people, but I was vulnerable. I was like, hey, I'm exhausted. Hi, life is hard. <laughs> Walking down the hallway wipes me out for the next four hours. Like, and, and I think that that maybe, maybe that's the thing that I could give is like being not fully okay. Because mm -hmm. that matters. Did it detach you from, um, were you able to let go of certain attachments that usually hinder a creative process for you? Mm. Like I'm, I'm exhausted, so I don't have any extra energy to give to exactly how I word this email or whatever. 
<laughs> yeah. I put a lot of extra energy into exactly how I worded emails before uh-huh. the surgery happened. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I look back at those emails now and I'm like, this is still not good. <laughs> like the anxiety made it worse. I don't know uh-huh. if it's something you experienced, but when I Oh, I wonder if it's something I experienced. <laughs> <laughs> like when I when I am anxious enough that I am like I, I'm, I, it's like I zoom in so small and I, I miss the big picture and everything just gets completely messed up. Um, I hope other people don't see it, but I look back later and I'm like, I was really anxious when I did that particular project or when I wrote that email because it shaped everything about it. Um, but then, yeah, I feel like I was able to release it more once I got into it because like you said, I just didn't have the resources to put toward it, right? Mm-hmm. Being a year into this kind of lifestyle pseudo lifestyle um by that i just mean like being at home being yeah. on the computer all day every day etc um do you find that you still don't have extra energy to give to things or do you find like do you, do you remember what you felt like a year ago <laughs> I mean, like do you remember what february 15th was like oh 2020 and like, do you feel like you have the same energy now or do you feel like you're definitely at 80, 70, 60% baseline? I feel like I'm down a little, uh-huh. but it's, it fluctuates constantly. And so baseline is hard to identify. Like I had a really great week last week. Uh-huh. I was like, I know that annoys you. And I'm like, I'm no, doing it doesn't. That. It doesn't annoy me now. I like it now. The last week when we had a staff meeting and you were like, I had a great section. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but I mean, it's true. I did have a great section. I had yes. a crap section this morning, just so you know. So like these that, things- see that I could use. <laughs> <laughs> it happens. Um, yeah. So no, I had a great week last week, right? Like, so I feel very energized and centered right now. And it's a really nice place to be in. Cause for me, that's almost the opposite of anxious. Mm-hmm. Like it sounds like anxious should be energized, but it's not mm-hmm. <laughs> at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I am over my apartment. I'm mm-hmm. very happy that it's sunnier now. Mm-hmm. I cannot wait to go hike. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think if we had had this conversation maybe four weeks ago, I'd have very different answers for you. But like, because some of the things that feed me are now more available. Yes. I'm like feeling hopeful. I'm like ready to, you know, keep going through this. Yes. Not to, not to bring you down, but is there any, um, do you have any, because I've talked about this with my other friends, you have um, the vac- the elusive vaccine coming in anywhere from two weeks to two months, you know, or longer. Um, do you have any anxiety about uh, post-vaccine life and being like, okay, now I can go anywhere or like now I feel protected. And it's kind of like, well, I don't really want to go back to the way it was. Yeah. I don't want to be made to go back to the way it was. Yeah. <laughs> My partner gives me crap about this all the time because I hate feeling made to do things. Uh-huh. <laughs> you just like it. Um, which is a, you know, a complicated thing. But I, I don't know, Dan, like, part of me believes the vaccine will never happen. Not like an actual belief, but a self-protective maneuver, right? Like keep moving forward as though nothing will change because then I will be fine no matter how long it takes. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of like the move I've made for mm-hmm. myself, right? It's just like, don't plan on anything ever. 
getting better because then you'll be fine no matter what happens, <laughs> which I feel like reveals a little bit about my background and how I've handled my particular trauma. I was going to say, is this a story <laughs> you've told before to get through other things? Yeah, it is a really good survival skill, but then the problem does become, right, what happens when things do actually get better? Uh-huh. And like, how do you embrace it and celebrate it and let down the guard? Mm-hmm. And I don't really know, but I'm de- I'm determined to go slow when that point happens and like take small steps, mm-hmm. right? Like maybe I can just go into one store I wouldn't go into otherwise. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or I don't know, I don't even know what those small steps are. It's so hard to imagine what it would even be right now. But when it starts being there, I'll just be like, okay, little small baby steps, one at a time because I know there are good things that I do want back but also like you know you get it I have very few to no humans I actually hang out with where I live even before this happened so it's not like well, you were the first person you were the only person in, your, in the cohort last year in the program that we're in I have yeah. two other people but you right. you were a solo show I was a solo new student in our entire program the year I started. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that wasn't a great math for getting to know people really fast. Right. And I was also like hitting school, figuring out grad school, being exhausted, taking on a second job to meet ends, like make ends meet, having a nice little round of depression show up. And so I didn't, again, have resources to like do the good things of making emotional connection. And I was just like, okay, maybe now. And then here we have a pandemic. Mm-hmm. So... I'm not like waiting to get back together with all the people I hang out with because there aren't people I hang out with. <laughs> I have, I have, uh-huh. rich, I have a rich social life. It's yes. just been distanced well right. before COVID happened. Right. I, mean, I hope to see you again. Yes. In the park, whatever, say hi, maybe have you over to my apartment. That's weird to think about. That would be wacko. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Imagine just hanging out socially inside. I, yeah. It's weird. I mean, that's what I imagined going to grad school in Wisconsin was like a lot of inside time. Libraries, coffee shops. Yes, even apartments. Mm-hmm. Even an apartment party. <laughs> God, yeah. So that's my answer to that question. Do you think, um, I know you're applying to PhD programs and there's still question marks around that. What is the thing, whether you, um, I'm not saying only PhDs become college professors, but whether you become a college professor or not, what would you like to profess? I like that word. Thank you for pointing it out. Yeah, what would I like to profess? I haven't had to articulate this before. So once again, I'm gonna have to think for a second. going to give you a very big answer. So feel free to like poke it apart and make it smaller if you're interested in that. Um, That I would like to profess that it's worth asking very big questions about almost everything you can get next to and listening as hard as you ask questions. Because you've evidently done that in a lot of areas of your life and you found it a fruitful endeavor. This goes back to my intensity. I have done this as long as I remember existing and it's exhausting at times, um, but also very, very fruitful because it's how I help 
myself access a sense of meaning, right? It's also how I do my relationships. It's how I make connection that feels meaningful and goes beyond like, uh, no, I don't want to say that. It's how I make connection that endlessly surprises me. I see your face and I wonder what your face is thinking. Well, my face is thinking that's where we have to end the pod. I think that's a per that's such a beautiful last answer. Okay. Would you be okay with that? I'd be okay with that. I haven't like viciously asked you a lot of questions, but I feel like that was- <laughs> Well, it's Dan talks to someone. It's not someone talks no, to Dan. Dan talks with someone. No, I mean, sometimes, but I like to keep it on the other, especially days like today. Oh, infinitely more comfortable. Yeah. yeah. Well, okay. Okay, Orion talks. <laughs> I'm just saying, I am really good at asking people questions and uh -huh. it's great to not have to answer any of my own. Well, well, that's why I appreciated having you on today. So I could spotlight mm -hmm. you a little bit because I think you have a lot of smart things to say. Thank you. And you can edit this whole part out. I'm not. I'm going to keep it in the Cindy ring. Okay. <laughs>